Good afternoon. Thank you for coming. We will continue with our discussion of the Bahiranga Shakti, of Paramatma feature of the Supreme Absolute Truth, Sri Krishna. We're on Anucheta 65. Um, the material elements are also not independent causes. In this section, Jiva is, Goswami is trying to convey to us the, the ideal of seeing everything in relationship to Krishna. There's some logic behind that consciousness. It's not just, oh, I see everything and I think it's Krishna. No, it actually is Krishna. It is his energy. To see it as anything else is truly an imposition of a mental construct upon our vision. So if we're seeing things independently from the the cause of those things, then that's not a comprehensive way of looking at the reality which we experience. So Jiva is trying to adjust the consciousness of the of the devotees, uh, and he's he's utilizing the Srimad Bhagavatam as as his evidence evidence as his sutra, as he said in the beginning of the uh, Tattva Sandarbha, that the, the sutras of the Bhagavatam, sutras, pure representation of of truth, the absolute truth. So these we will explain we will explain the points of Sambanda, Abhideya and Prayojan, utilizing these as the as the as the primary evidence, the primary source of our knowledge. So here He's taken statements from the Bhagavatam and he's brought out the reality of spiritual vision. We say Tadvidi Pranipate na Pariprashne Nasevaya Upadekshanti Te Dhyanam Janinas Tatva Darshina. The truth, the truth, we see through the eyes of the Guru. So that verse, just try to learn the truth by approaching a spiritual master, inquire from him submissively, render service unto him. He can give you knowledge according to spiritual truth. Tattva darshina. The knowledge that you should have should be based on the spiritual reality, the spiritual way of looking at things. Chastra Shakshus is another terminology we hear. We, we, we see through the eyes of scripture. We see through the eyes of the sadhu, the spiritual master. We develop a, vis- a vision of existence based on a higher reality than the reality that our senses can provide for us in and of themselves. 
we can utilize our senses. It's not that we can turn the senses off, otherwise there would be no interaction with the world. Of course, that might not be a bad thing. Yogis do that, don't they? They turn the senses off. They go entirely internal. They they turn off the senses so much if somebody comes in the house and wants something to eat or drink, they may not be even aware of the fact. As Maharaj Pariksit experienced when he entered the the sage's ashram looking for some drink in a, in a state of fatigue, he wasn't even offered a seat. What to speak of a glass of water because the sage had had departed the world of the senses and entered completely internally. So he didn't get he didn't he wasn't garlanded when he entered the house, so he decided he would garland the sage on his way out. So you know the story. But you can see that the sense, maybe maybe there's not so much to be gained externally as there is to be gained internally. Or as Guru Maharaj often says, what? Go within or go without. In the way of going without what is essential to your to your being. So to go without within means that you won't go without. To go just without, well you may not have all you need there. So this way of seeing, this way of seeing matter, it seems like a very, what do we want to say? A very unique approach here, Jiva's taking. I mean, what, you know, he's, He's finding things in these verses from the Bhagavatam. Who would find these things like this? Taking these verses and and seeing that in this verse is refuted all the different ways of looking at an object or a body. I mean, it's how deep is the Bhagavatam that it enters into comprehensive uh, a comprehensive dealing with all these these different logical mental constructs that can come up in the perception of material objects and material bodies. Or now we go to the next Anucheta and we're just going to cover a little bit of the commentary went through the, the basic Anucheta but the material elements are also not independent causes. doesn't mean they're not constituent parts. It means they're not independent. We should not look at matter. We should not look at matter in a combined form of a body or an object or in a, in a, in a uh, particularized form like the Paramanu. The, the the smallest conceivable material thing. It doesn't get any smaller than that. 
the atom the atom is huge in comparison to what is what is this idea put forth in scripture the paramanu is is there's as as small as you can get it there you can't cut it up anymore it's like that's it you've reached the end the atom well you can split the atom at least that's what they say they've done They've split the atom and therefore they've created their own energy source by just splitting the atom. So much power in an atom to conceive of it. Where does that power come from? And, you know, a, uh, a nucleus and a few protons and neutrons, you know, flying around. And all of a sudden they they speed that up to some incredible speed and, and do whatever they do to cut it. And all of a sudden, there's a huge explosion. Uh, it is. How much power in an atom? If you think, now where does that come from? It's so small. The material scientists are looking at the atom as, as you know, so small. And all this energy is coming from that? They're blowing up a whole city and killing hundreds of thousands of people with with just a you know well the core was nothing just a small small bit of what created you know the bomb that blew blew up these cities at the end of world war 2 so amazing what do we know of nature and, and it just happens by chance that there's that much energy in that, you know, in such a compacting area as, as a nuclear core. So now Jiva goes on and he says, well, so we can't look at the, the conglomerate. You can't look at a conglomerate in any way that you may look at it and None of your none none of the mental logic that you could apply is is factual, and we saw different arguments there. Now he takes it to the next level. What about the the things, the particles that make up something? Also, you can't see those as independent in and of themselves. So a couple things from the commentary. So it was explained in the previous section. Section means Anucheda. So the, the Sandarbas are made up of sections dealing with different philosophical points. So the previous Anucheda, previous section, it was explained in the previous section that a whole, such as a body, does not exist as an independent unit. It cannot be delineated as an aggregate, a compound, or a modification of its parts. It is also true of the gross elements that are the basis of a whole, such as the body, because they are also wholes or units made of the tanmatras or subtle elements. So the base, the gross elements are not the basic building blocks of objects. 
If one proposes that, that since it is not possible to define a whole as an independently existing unit, then let us assume that the parts are the parts can exist independently. It's a logical thing. Okay, I I agree. The table you can't have the table here unless you have some wood and some glue and a little varnish. I mean, you know, so we can break it down to all the different things that comprise it, whether it be a body, our body, or any uh, inanimate body object. We should be able to break it down. Okay, I understand. You can't see it independent of its parts. That would be a faulty vision. Just wouldn't, it wouldn't make sense. So, but what about the parts? even down to the molecular level. Can't we at least see those as independent, the independent constituents? And Jeeva's saying, no, you can't see those as the independent constituents. You can't break it down and still see any independence without a cause. You say they're the cause of the table. Well, what's the cause of the parts of the table? And Jeeva's saying, well, you can't trace it out to a part that's independent in and of itself. That's really what's being conveyed here. Everything has is relying on something. So if we go down to the what's it all rely on, we have to come, we can only come to one conclusion. It all relies on Paramatma. It's, it's a profound statement. The gross elements are not the basic building blocks of objects. Why? Because they're not the original source. What's the basis? It's basically, you know, you could say whether well, they're the basic building blocks. Well, what's the basis of the basis is basically what Jeeva is saying. When you go down, when you keep going, regressing down to the source of the source and what's really going on in in the material world, you can come to no conclusion except that everything is a manifestation of the Supreme. Everything is ultimately Paramatma. Now... We have to, and that's what Jeeva is going to be doing. He's going to he's going to take this line of thought regarding the the constituent part of the material energy to its logical conclusion. the ba- The basis of everything is Paramatma himself. And then, in the next Anuchetas, after we finish this up, he's going to go in the other direction. But Paramatma is also independent of this manifestation of his energies. Achinta, Beta, Beta, Tattva. So you can't say that everything's not God because that would mean, where did it come from? That would mean something is, is independent of God. Well, that doesn't make him the supreme absolute truth. If if everything isn't isn't really 
his energy, then, well, that means something, that separateness doesn't, the theology starts to get a little a little weird then. Well, where did this thing that isn't him come from? Isn't it a logical question? If he's not it, then where did it come from? Somebody else had to make it then. Some, there has to be another cause if he's not the cause of all causes. So, okay, what's the other cause? Well, if there's another cause, is the other cause more powerful than what we conceive as God? Because apparently you can make something he can't. I mean, these are, these are the logical ways of thinking. I mean, Bhakti asked the question. He says, "Well, what of what value is 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 this these arguments Jeeva's making? We were discussing yesterday. You know, what what's the what's the pur- the purpose is to see things clearly. That's all. It's to see reality clearly, to see the truth of ex- of, of 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 everything perfectly." To have to see through Scripture, to see through the to to take on the vision of the sadhu, the guru, take shelter of him, and learn how to see the workings of the world, learn how to see ourselves, learn how to see God, who no one can see. Who can see God? There's no possibility. We have to learn how to see God. We can be trained to see God. Atashri Krishna Namadi Nabaved Grahamindriya. These material senses, which are the only way that we see, hear, taste, smell, feel, these cannot lead us to a perception, pratyaksha. We cannot perceive God with any of the facilities that we have. It's not possible. Atashri Krishna Namadi Nabaved Graham Indriya. The Indriyas cannot take you there. The individual senses will not take you there. So for all those for all those cheaters out there, and there are cheaters who are saying, Well, I've seen God. Well, okay. Tell us what actually have you? What is the actual? How have you come to this? Did you, because do you see God with your eyes? If it's something that you can see with your eyes, then if you can see it, you can show it, right? If I've seen a car, I can take you outside and say, "There's a car." I, I can do that to anything. I've seen the Grand Canyon. Oh, how is it? It's splendid. It's wonderful. It's amazing. And then I can take you to the Grand Canyon and you can have the same vision. Okay, so you're saying you've seen God. Show me. If God is perceptible to the senses the way everything else is perceptible, that means someone who's seen should be able to reveal. Oh, I can see him and you can't. Yeah, it's a logical question. How is that possible? 
Well, you're not going to be able to see him with your material senses. I couldn't see him with my material senses. But I could, exp I could gradually develop spiritual senses. I could gradually learn how to see things through the eyes of Scripture, through the facility of the, of the guru. He gives me the vision. Then I'm taught, I learn. Well, actually, the spiritual the senses, when, when utilized in the proper manner, are completely interchangeable. Therefore, the seeing of God doesn't require the eyes as much as it may require the ears in the beginning. So, that's basically a core understanding of spiritual pursuit. Your most acute sense for spiritual perception is the ear. It's the most subtle sense object. You can conceive, you can hear the sounds in ether. Ether is the finest material element. A couple things more from the commentary here. Talked about the paramanu, that smallest component. Doesn't get smaller than that. Again, it's a scriptural, scriptural ideal, an idea, because no one's going to be able to show you. I mean, they can't really show you an atom. What do they have electron microscopes? Can you actually see individual atoms? With an electron microscope, or is it just a conception that they're? I don't know. I'm not. I've never been in the lab with looking in one to see. Oh, there's a there's a there's a hydrogen atom, but there's a you know a nitrogen atom, and there's two those two atoms together in these parts, and there's a water atom. It's not a water atom. It's actually those atoms Molecule. together. Molecule. Yes, right, atoms, molecules. Can I see a molecule with an electron microscope? You've seen one? No. So you can't show me? I can show you. <laughs> but I've heard that others have seen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it says here, <clears throat> so this, would this be the basic building block of material substance, the Paramanu? It even builds atoms. It's that small. Shijiva says, here says that there is no proof that such paramanus or atoms really exist without any support. What supports them? That's really the point that we're getting to. This is clear from the teachings of Jadbarat to King Rahugna. That's where Jiva takes us. Actually, if you listen to the conversation, that's what Jadbarat was telling the king. Now, you remember the story, you know, Judd Bharat's just a Brahmin, you know, apparently wandering aimlessly in the world, not caring for anything. But he's a big and a stout man, and one of the, you know, palaquin carriers of the king fell a little ill, and they saw Judd Bharat, and they said, well, he could certainly do the job, and they employed him. And... Uh, 
Judd Barat, being a little conscious of other living entities, was careful not to step on ants. So he was carrying the palaquin with a little, little bit of carefulness and. And the king's like, why am I riot? All of us, uh, it's a pretty rocky ride here. What's going on? And the other pelican carrier is saying, well, this guy, he just he can't, he seems he can't even walk straight, you know. So Judd Barad's like, well, okay. And he ch- started to chastise him. And the conversation, Judd Barad in, spoke up because he was being chastised. He said, who are you chastising? You're chastising what? You're chastising me for carrying the palaquin, but what what does this palaquin have to do with me? What does this... And he says, well, you must not be able to carry it because you're fatigued. I know you're a big man, but I, even me, a king, I get tired from time to time. You must be tired because you can't even carry the palaquin. He says, oh, so you think I'm a palaquin carrier? So he basically, Judd Barat, you know, the king is listening and he's 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 hearing these, you know, these deep insights into into the nature of of existence from this, you know, big hulky guy that's just walking aimlessly in the world, and he realizes this guy's got something that I could. He gets down off his palanquin and pays obeisances. Imagine. The king, it's like, teach me, enlighten me. Uh, you have something I haven't heard someone speak like this before. So, <clears throat> a couple uh, verses are quoted here in the commentary from that discussion. Jadbarat says to the king, Rahugana, When we directly cognize that the world of animate and inanimate beings always appears from and is dissolved back into the earth, then please tell me, apart from the differing names of the, entire, of the entity of earthly byproducts, which are ultimately identical with the earth, is there any other foundation for our worldly activities that can be concluded to be real simply because it serves some practical purpose? That brought saying, it all comes from the earth. It all goes back to the earth. When it's out of the earth, we give it a name. But really, what is it? It's just earth. So... You're calling me a palaquin carrier, and you're calling, and you're call, you're you're being called a king. But in the end, <laughs> we're both just earth. So, so why are you chastising me? You're the same as I am. In the same way, that which is named earth is also not real. In other words, you're not a king, and I'm not a palaquin ca- carrier, because ultimately we're earth. And then Judd Barat takes it to the next step. He says, but actually the earth is also not real because of its being dissolved into its cause, the atoms. So the earth is constituted of the, of the atoms. And the atoms, paramanus, 
by whose combination the earth has been produced are cognitive constructs conceived through ignorance. You're just you can't really prove that they even exist. Can you show me one? Can I show you one? But we realize there must be something that's constituting the earth element, but well, really, what? Can you prove it? Can you show it? It's, it's inconceivable. Now, in the commentary here, what's interesting is we come to the earth and the earth's byproducts and everything's dissolved back into the earth and the earth is dissolved back. So it's a, it's a regression. We go back to, well, what's the original source? Just read another thing here to, to kind of bring that out. In the verse cited here, Judd Barat explains that the object denoted by the word earth is not real because it dissolves into atoms. Does that mean then that the atoms, the cause of earth, are real? He replies, no. To think that earth is, to think that earth is made of atoms is only a mental construct born out of avidya, ignorance, because they do not exist factually or independently without any support. So this is the main point. They don't exist independently. It's a logical, it's a, lo a logical progression here. Well, what, what is, what in and of themselves, they have, no, they don't exist in and of themselves. They have to have themselves a support. These verses explain that without the presence of Paramatma, the material tattvas do not combine to give rise to the objects of the universe, which include the material bodies. The Upanishads continue to describe that although with, along with earth, the other elements such as water, fire, air, and so on are also the body of Paramatma. This shows that Prakriti and all her modifications, although real, are not independent of Paramatma. Then the conclusion. The purpose of this entire analysis is to dispel the prevalent concept of Advaita Vad that the world is a mere appearance, Vivarta or Mithya. Such an erroneous concept is directly opposed to I forget how to pronounce the word. Anathema. 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 Okay. Anathema. To the path. That means it opposes. I have a computer and it can tell me how to pronounce words. You just click on a little a little speaker icon and mm -hmm. it'll say it say any word for you. Anathema. To the path of bhakti. And thus Sri Jiva endeavors to uproot it. An objection to this is raised in the following section. So now we're getting to the why why all this endeavor by Jiva? Because it 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 stands in opposition to Bhakti to see 
to see this, well, here he's talking about specifically Vivarta, or that the world is false, and the ultimate, in the ultimate issue, all there is is Brahman. But that's not our understanding. Our understanding is it all rests on a cause, and the cause is Paramatma. There is a cause. It's not, it's not that it doesn't exist at all. So Jiva goes on in the next Anucheta. And it's an interesting turn here he takes. Scriptural injunctions do not apply to Paramatma. Now this is interesting. So he's he's taken it down to the to the lowest construct and shown Paramatma is the basis. Now, now let's let's separate this because we see in the world of man that there has to be some some social constructs applied so that there's happy functioning within the world. So you got to follow rules and regulations, otherwise it's a madhouse. It's basically the reality of material existence. I mean, you can see it played out prevalently in human society today, even. In the way <laughs> things can become a madhouse when there's a madman in charge. So, scriptural injunctions do not apply to Paramatma. They apply to other people, is the point. So, this is an interesting approach that Jiva's making here. If you have proper vision, if you are detached enough to see Paramatma as the basis of everything, including your very self and everybody. If you can see with that vision, the rules and regulations don't apply to you either. But that kind of vision only comes with absolute detachment. So this is a very interesting anocheta here. So Jiva Goswami begins. Objection. Put your hand up in the courtroom. I object. You know. But is it not so that in that if everywhere, every body or composite whole were nothing other than the real existent Paramatma, then because bodies acquire designations such as a Brahmana. Paramatma would be liable to the rules and prohibitions resulting from the virtues and vices present in such a body, which, in the case of Paramatma, would be an impossibility. Therefore, should we not admit that the composite whole is necessarily different from Paramatma? It's a pretty good argument. Huh? I mean, okay, so you're saying Paramatma's everything. 
that the, the, the supreme is, is everything and every body and every object and every part of the part of the part of the part. You break it all down and it's all Paramatma. But some of those things that arise from, well, some of the things we perceive in the world are bodies. And those bodies we give designations to. And those designations in human society, in order to keep peace and prosperity and, and interact properly, are given different designations. The designations have certain responsibilities and ways they have to act in society so that there's not utter and total chaos. Makes sense. So, therefore, that Paramatma who, who has who is the const, who is the constituent basis upon which that body is formed, since you said everything's Paramatma, okay, well, I object. That means, well, then Paramatma has to be subject to the rules and regulations. But Scripture never doesn't ever say that. Paramatma has to follow Dharma. There's no basis for your statement. So therefore, your whole logical presentation now just collapses. That's what Jiva has raised his own objection. Well, hold on. That doesn't work. Because, because we see Brahmins do have to act like Brahmins. And Kshatriyas have to act like Kshatriyas. And if they don't, as Krishna himself, the Lord himself, the absolute truth, said to Arjuna on a battlefield, it all breaks down if you don't follow Dharma. There has to be some following of some distinctions made for things to go on. So, don't tell me it's all God, because that means God's going to have to follow some rules and regulations. But Scripture doesn't support that. Well, so Jiva's raised the objection, now how is he going to deal with it? So he deals with it by quoting the Bhagavatam. And he quotes something that Narada said. Anticipating such a doubt, Narada was anticipating this doubt, Okay, that's cool. He knew this was going to come up. So he answers. He says, he says the following. This is from Narda. As long as a doubt persists in regards to the real existent, this, the basis of everything, if you break it all down, what's the, what's the heart of everything? It's Paramatma. So, as long as a doubt persists in regards to the real existent, as long as one is unaware of the real existence is, is Paramatma, as long as that doubt's there, the delusion of the sameness of separate identity remains. In that conventional illusory view of self and the world, the injunctions and prohibitions of Scripture still hold good. Just as distinctions of waking and sleep persist even in the course of a dream. 
So, well, as long as you see that as a Brahmin, then of course the rules and regulations apply. If you didn't see any distinction, if you had such spiritual vision that you didn't discriminate between a man and a woman and a Brahmin and a wow, what kind of vision? If you had if you had the proper depth of spiritual vision, you're right. There's no rules and regulations then. But as long as you see the girls bathing as having female bodies like Vyasadeva did when he was ch- chasing after Sukadev, come back, I have, more, I have something to teach you. Well, Sukadev's walking along and he saw no distinction and they didn't feel the need to cover themselves. They could perceive, they know, you know, what a man's seeing when he's looking at a woman. They perceive it. So, you know, well, here comes this young man, beautiful young man, stayed in the womb until there was some guarantee that Maya wouldn't pull him down. So he'd already completely formed body, beautiful, gorgeous, practically, well, Jivan Mukta. I mean, how, how advanced, you know, no warts, no... No wrinkles, you know, no crooked teeth. I mean, you know, he had a beautiful body. Uh, but the the women saw that there was there was no perception in that body of distinction. His father came, of course. His father was was the supreme himself, <laughs> but he saw a distinction, and the women covered their bodies. So as long as you see the distinction, you're right. But if you had full vision, Narada says, then there are no rules and regulations then. Just read a little bit more of the Anucheta and then we'll finish. The word Vastu, the real existent, the basis of the basis of the basis, uh, should be taken to mean Paramatma. When a doubt, Vikalpa, persists that the real existent, Vastu, is Paramatma, meaning that as long as one has not come to the conclusion that he is such, as described in the previous verses, till that precise moment, now this is Jiva's commentary on the verse that Narada just, that he just quoted from Narada in the Bhagavatam. Till that precise moment, the delusion of the sameness of separate identity will persist. The delusion, I mean, the delusion of seeing a separate existence. Those that are really spiritually advanced, they do not see a distinction between themselves and anybody else. Even the people on the path of bhakti they also develop such sight they cannot they do not distinguish the Uttama Adhikari that's one of his characteristics he sees no difference between himself and everything else 
can't preach like that. He has no ability to preach because what's there to preach? You're, you and I have the same knowledge. You know Scripture as much as I. I mean, it's we're all we're all spiritual. It's everything's perfect. Everything's perfect and complete. Om Purnam Hadaha Purnami Dam. And every complete perfect thing that comes from the perfect complete is perfect in and of itself. So what's the what what is the question of preaching? What's the question of of outreach? If you break it all down to the basic component, we're all we're all spirit, and we're perfect in and of ourselves. He doesn't see any distinction between man and woman and Brahman and and Sudra. No distinction. So, what's the question of preaching? So that's 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 kind of what's being brought out here. But the delusion of seeing any distinction <clears throat> till that precise movement moment that moment the delusion of the sameness of separate identity will persist. In other words, till then one will perceive the body as a single unit separate from him. Tasmat. From the reality who is the source of the perception of all substances as distinct singular units or composite wholes. Any questions? Maya is not a place. Like I, I used to think that Maya is a... You're in Maya, which is like a material world. Is like, is, is, is a but that doesn't mean that there isn't a manifestation of an energy of the Supreme separate from the transcendental realm. There's the three-quarter energy and the one-quarter energy. So there is that aspect, and that is a real thing. It's not just an illusion. It's not vivarta. That's one of the things. It's it's real. It actually does exist. But it doesn't exist the way you think it exists. If you adjust your thinking and see that it's all based on the Supreme and He's the basis of everything then Maya doesn't exist for you in the way it exists for those that don't see like that. doesn't mean it doesn't exist at all. It just means there's the right application and there's the wrong application. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. Hare Krishna.